You are listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 5, The Realities of Leadership. Throughout Seasons 1 through 4, you have learned about the fundamental skills required for leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Now, we are ready to explore a series of contemporary issues and discuss the pragmatic realities that leaders are challenged with today. Leadership is a skilled profession. If you want to succeed in today's world as a 21st century change-ready leader, you will need to have conscious discipline and be ready to put into practice many of the elements that are talked about here. This series is made possible by the international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor, your guide for achieving breakthrough performance and productivity. And now, here are your hosts, Erica Pietler and Todd Schnick. Good morning and welcome back to our special edition series, Leadership on the Ground Season 5, The Realities of Leadership. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Pietler. Erica, good morning, my friend. Good to be with you as always. Hey, good morning, Todd. Good morning. I'm looking forward to this episode. The important question we'll be asking of leaders today is, are you enlightened enough to lead today? Going to be very, very interesting. Before we go there, remind our audience about what's in store with the realities of leadership. Yeah, in seasons one through four, you're you're exactly right. We put together the fundamentals that really need to be in everyone's toolbox who wants to genuinely have the discipline to create a leadership practice and advance themselves, advance their teams, advance their organizations. In season five, we're going to put this capstone on the Leadership on the Ground series by addressing the six pragmatic realities that leaders have to be able to embrace and deal with as they evolve and grow and, you know, continue to choose and serving in uh, a leadership capacity. There are probably some fantasies that a lot of people have with respect to leadership, and it's probably different than what it takes to lead today. Leadership can be really at the same time frustratingly hard and surprisingly easy. It can be intensely emotional and irrationally rational all at the same time. So if you're a Ferris wheel ride participant, this is probably not going to be your game because you got to fasten your seatbelt and get ready for the roller coaster. All right. Well, thank you for that, Erica. All right. So are you enlightened enough to lead today? Uh, I guess another way to ask that question is, do do leaders know what really matters today? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, what matters today is very different from what mattered a couple of years ago and a decade ago. And, you know, being contemporary with what matters is really important. You know, to me, I would summarize that in terms of are leaders asking themselves the question, am I creating an environment and a culture that my workforce wants to experience and wants to be a part of? How do they know? How do they find that out? How do they ask those questions? How do they begin to get their their hands around that so that they can, in fact, empower and build an environment where the team wants to be? Yeah, that's a great question. So today's leaders, when we talk about enlightened leaders, enlightened leaders are connected leaders. Enlightened leaders are aware of and participating in the external environment and then aligning the external environment with their internal environment. So enlightened leaders are engaged participants in the changes that are going on in the world and in the dynamics of the workforce. And they then bring in that microcosm that's right and customized for their organization. Well, I mean, I think an obvious discussion topic here is, is does the modern leader understand that the work structure has changed? I mean, there's 
there's new facets to business today that are different than they were just a few years ago. Yeah, and you know, I think leaders are getting this, but I think some of them get it really quickly. I think some of them are early adopters yeah. of it or advocates of it. And I think some of them are a little bit slow and, and unfortunately some are laggards. But, you know, these work structures that are changing, I mean, who can stand in the way of a fully moving train of, uh, you know, technology mm-hmm, right now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, technology is unbelievable. And it's having a, a consequential effect on flexibility, the speed of business. And we have some leaders in the workforce that are still working at their personal speed as opposed to the speed of business. So that's a work structure change that new millennials coming into the workforce are frustrated with. You know, Mm -hmm. they want to go fast. They want to move fast. They want to be enabled to learn fast, to learn in real time. And some of our leaders are playing catch up to that. Well, we talked about in episode two, this idea of leadership being a skilled profession and asking the question, do you really want to lead? I mean, another way to ask that question is, are you have to embrace these new changes, this, this new, I mean, yeah. if, and if you don't, you're not ready to lead. Well, you know, that's a great point because, you know, one of the things we've talked about throughout this leadership rigor conversation and leadership on the ground is, you know, we want people to be change-ready leaders and change-ready leaders have to be able to facilitate progress, which includes the progress around work structures and, you know, how people are collaborating and working together, but also facilitating aligned action, you know, getting the organization moving and having it enabled with processes and systems and practices that allow it to really grow and sustain and thrive. And leaders that stand in the way of that or slow that down are not the enlightened leaders, and they're really at risk. The reality is, is that they are at risk for not necessarily attracting or retaining the best talent. Well, and the workplace has also become democratized, right? I mean, that's that's been tough for some leaders, yes? It's huge because what that has done is that's really challenged that emotional piece that we are addicted to sometimes as leaders, which is power. You know, in a democratized environment, it's really about personal power and influence. It's not about position power because I'm the boss. That becomes irrelevant. So hierarchies kind of make way and and move away towards collaborations and cross-functional and matrix teamwork. Well, we've talked about emotional as well this season. I mean, that's, that's another big stretch for a lot of leaders. And you have to be emotional. You have to make this personal. I mean, that's a stretch for a lot of leaders too, right? It really is. And, you know, like we said, you can learn emotional intelligence. You know, some leaders really are, they have a challenge with being in touch with their feelings and having conversations around their feelings. And what's interesting is there's really been much more flexibility in the workforce around feelings and happiness and empathy and compassion. People really expect to be seen as people and individuals, not just numbers. And I know, you know, a lot of companies are very proud of their family feel and family heritage and all these pieces, but empathy and compassion in the work that we do in real time, appreciating different points of view and being able to create space for productive conflict that's not personal or vindictive. That's the personal enlightenment that we're seeing, people being able to use tools in service of getting business done with empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, creating that safe space for your team to do its work, and that's, that's your job. It is your job, creating that safe space. And you know, if you don't do that, you, know, you really risk people not necessarily playing full out and you're not going to get the full potential of your talent base. Mm-hmm. All right. Erica and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, 
leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Pietler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpetler.com. All right, Todd Nick, back with Erica Petler. So I want to lead off the second half of this episode by trying to figure out how to understand what the expectations are from your team. I mean, that's something important for a leader to understand. It makes them enlightened, frankly. Yeah, today, you know, leaders, but whether leaders realize it, the reality is, is that, you know, your people, your direct reports have expectations of you and the expectations that they have of you are pretty straightforward and simple if, you know, we're really watching and listening and, and observing them. You know, first and foremost, a lot of people want to learn and they want to stay relevant in their jobs, right? There's a lot of fear out there that whether it's data or, you know, artificial intelligence or, you know, jobs going overseas, you know, people really feel like they're at risk for being replaced. So this concept of continuously learning and growing and developing alternative skills is something that's an expectation of leaders and their organizations. For some of the younger folks, learning at a more basic level of coming in and, you know, really getting some technical and and soft skill learning, but also, you know, being clear about, can you offer me a roadmap of career progression? You know, enlightened leaders look at young talent and see them as someone who can evolve through their organization and giving people that vision and that aspiration that they can grow with you is something that an enlightened leader does and a talent wants to hear about. The third thing is realizing, you know, their potential. I may not know when I come into an organization all of the ways that I might be able to realize my potential, but I do expect my leader to engage with me and be on the lookout for helping me to co-create and co-shape where I can take things. Well, I think there's a, a lot of leaders out there who say, well, I I want this team to stay in place. I don't want them to leave. And so they they make steps and they make things difficult so that what happens is the person leaves because they're not getting a chance to learn more. They're not getting a chance to advance and, and take those positive steps. And when, in fact, uh, that's the most important thing a leader can do for their team is to help them further educate themselves and conduct continuous learning and, and seeing their potential realized. Because that, that's, that's probably the most important step you can take to keep them loyal to the organization. You can. And, you know, you just hit on a couple of points. You know, later in this series, we're going to talk about the fact that, yeah, people are going to leave for good and bad reasons. But one of the things that you just touched on is it's a very natural reality for a leader to temporarily go unconscious and forget that it's about my talent and think that it's about me, my comfort. I don't want my talent to leave. My workflow and workload is really great right now. I don't want to lose someone or I don't want to move someone because then that's going to pinch me and I'm going to have, you know, more work on my plate or have to deal with that. That's the leadership reality that we want to avoid. We want to be able to lean into sharing talent. We want to be able to lean into growing talent where we can, being generous with it, because that's really the role that leaders are supposed to be playing in service of the organization, in service of the person, 
And if that means a pinch for you, hey, that's the leadership consequence of being able to develop and, and accelerate talent. Well, I've heard you talk about the fact that we're no longer having this war on <laughs> talent. It's more like a puzzle now. What do you mean by that? That is so true. So I think a lot of leaders out there that I am working with and organizations that I'm working with, you know, have some fundamental question marks about how this game of talent is being played. You know, it's not just about finding good talent and, you know, getting them into your organization. It's what is talent today? And, you know, are we looking for fundamental skills? Or are we willing to train those skills? Millennials have different expectations than perhaps Gen X and baby boomers and some traditionalists have had. And it really is challenging us. I mean, for many leaders, you know, having a growth mindset today and being open to the learning means we have to change our perspective on really being able to set objectives and hold people accountable to performance versus just having them have their butts in seats and have FaceTime, right? That's a, that's a big shift for us. Or how do we define work ethic today? You know, work ethic used to be, hey, you know, Todd was in his office at 6 a.m., what a hard worker, you know, he's here turning off the lights. Okay, but what did Todd get done versus, you know, Joe, who may be in the office at 10 and might be leaving at four, but has enormous capacity and productivity. So we really have to change our view of what is talent and what is performance and what does work ethic look like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you mentioned millennials. I think they get an unfair rap as being job hoppers, but, but I think they're just really leaving an unenlightened leader. Right? <laughs> it's that simple. I, you know what? I, I totally agree with you. People still leave bosses. People join cultures, but people leave bosses. And if you are not an enlightened leader, if you don't get it, if you don't recognize me for who I am, and by the way, recognition is free. You know, and, and so few leaders use it. If you don't recognize me, if you don't encourage me, if you don't engage my motivations and create that inspiring space for me to do my work, why would I stay today? There are so many options. And it's not about I'm getting a, a high salary. It's all about I want to have an environment and an experience and you're not creating the one that I want. So I'm going to go find one that I like better. Mm -hmm. All right. So to tie up this episode uh, for a leader listening to this, what are some telltale signs that they are not enlightened? Yeah, that's a great question. If you are not enlightened, you are asking yourself all the time, why is the environment uh, low energy? You know, why, why are people not staying later, working harder? You know, you're looking for some old school trails and tidbits to give you the answers to things. You should be able to feel an incredible energy if you are an enlightened leader. So let energy be your guide, number one. Number two, how many people in your organization are bringing in friends and referring other people to your organization? Because people will want to bring in friends and associates to a really great environment that they think is really cool where things are happening. If you're really struggling to get your own employees to also bring in some other folks or introduce you to other people, you know that you may be struggling with some enlightenment. Another piece is your leadership team. If your leadership team is not challenging you to also look at other ways that we can inspire the organization or really celebrate or push the organization, really ask yourself, are they in tune with what's happening in the environment? So it's really about taking that external environment, taking that energy and saying, am I creating an experience in here that is attractive, that people want to be a part of? Well, we talked last week about the importance of seeking feedback. So I suspect if you're a leader and you're, you're not seeking feedback or certainly not getting any, 
chances are you're in blind spots and you're, you're hardly enlightened. You are. And, you know, go out on a, uh, you know, a little tour of your building, walk the four corners, you know, check in with people. What do you need? What's working? What's not working? It doesn't have to be this big elaborate feedback process. It could be a tidbit five minute conversation over coffee that says, what can we be doing that gets you more juiced and more energized? And people will tell you and we just need to listen. Yeah, that's the key. It's one thing to get feedback, it's quite another to actually take meaningful action on that. That's, in my view, that's another, that's another sign of an enlightened leader. Absolutely. That they relish that, that learning opportunity to, to do and make impact in the organization. All right, good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for today, Erica. Should anyone have any questions, how can they contact you, learn more, and get their hands on a copy of Leadership Rigor? Yes, you can contact me at uh, erica at ericapietler.com is my email at Erica Peetler is my Twitter handle, and feel free to pick up a copy of Leadership Rigor on Amazon.com. All right. Thank you for that. So join us next week for episode five. Some work can only be done by you and your leadership team. Going to be very interesting. So until then, and on behalf of myself and my co-host, Erica Peetler, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on Leadership on the Ground, season five.